Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Uptown girl. She's been living in an uptown world. I think that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're just coming in hot with a Rudolph Fabulous. Is it Rudolph Fabulous that someone reviewed our podcast and said, I absolutely love your podcast but please stop singing. She still gave us five stars. She gave us five stars, so she loves us. But she did say, I have to turn it down every time. Please stop singing. I want everyone to know that we don't actually think we're good singers. Oh, my gosh. It's meant if to be a joke. Did, I would be like on Australian Idol because that's where you go when you're a good singer. Does that still go now? I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, we'll poll you on the Instagram. Do you want us to shut up and stop singing? But does she mean back to the show? Because that's think what we so. do. That's the only time we really sing. Well, we haven't been singing for a while. I've been quite down. <laughs> Maybe she's at the start. Oh, when you used to sing yeah, all used the time. Yeah, used to do some belters. When you used to be happy. Soz. Soz. <laughs> That's not funny, is it? Well, coming that was in a with, rude joke. Coming in with my high, I'm just ignoring that comment. I mm. am actually happy. I'm feeling good. I feel so much better than I have been feeling in the past few weeks slash months. So that well, then that can be my high of the bloody week too. Oh, I'm good. so stoked for you. Thanks, Dal. No, it's actually a really beautiful feeling. Billy is turning seven today, so we're celebrating her, which is beautiful. And I think the thing I love about kids is that they have so much happiness around their own birthday. Just the one thing or one of many things? One of, you know. A couple. The <laughs> fact that I birthed a child today and a lot of other things. But, yeah, that was, that's a big highlight. It brings so much joy watching them be so excited and telling everybody. Any lows this week? Mm-hmm. No, I have one more high. Go. All right, we are pre-recording this, but everyone who is listening on Monday, a.k.a. today, hopefully, it is our 100th episode. Episode. (gasps) You probably had to turn your speaker down for that one too. I cannot believe we are here. A hundy. Hunji. So, so good. Yeah, I've had a really high week this week too. We did our first live hosting gig. It was a bit nerve wracking, but so much fun. When you hear this, I will actually be just back from Melbourne. Yes. I am going down to see family finally. So, yeah, I'm a bit nervous. Like, it's been a while since I've been on the plane. I'm taking both the girls by myself. myself. So, that could really go. (laughs) like sour but I'm very 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 excited to see the family and I don't really feel like I've had a low this week well good any mum hack okay so we got a mum hack that was sent in she said 
absolutely love you. No, she didn't say that. (laughs) Mum hack. If you have multiple kids or even visitors, turn off the baby monitor before you go in to put baby to bed and take your phone with you. Once baby is asleep, have some alone time and pretend the baby took ages to be rocked to sleep. And can I just say, this does not just apply for babies. I, I have to lie down with Poppy for her to go to sleep and I always take my Kindle in with me. Like sometimes I get through so many chapters and she's been asleep for like 25 minutes <laughs> and I walk back out and I'm like, oh, sorry, she was like really jacked up tonight. <laughs> she's been fast asleep for so long. But it's so good and you get a bit of you time yeah. and you're calm because you're not trying trying to like, I guess kids sense it as well. Like when you're like, oh, just go to bed. But if you're actually doing something for you, it's a win-win. So good on you, girlfriend. And my Rudolph Fabulous actually relates to when I lie down at night with Poppy. So the other night I was lying down with her, she was you know, I think she might've had a nap that day. So she was taking a while to go to sleep. Anyway, I was lying down next to her. I was getting like a bit like, oh, come on. Anyway, I was just in undies. I had no top on. Yeah. There you go. And I was lying there and she rolled over and she goes, mommy, is that your boobie? And I was like, yeah. Mommy, is that your nipple? Yeah. Yeah. That's my nipple. Yeah. I think I prefer your nipple best because it's stretchy like slime. Hang on, your nipple is stretchy like slime, but your boob. She didn't say anything about the boob. She just preferred the nipple to the boob, then pulled on my nipple and said, I like your nipple best because it's stretchy like slime. (laughs) Well, I think, Poppy, that is fabulous. You love mummy's nipple. You did when you came out and you breastfed and you still to this day love her nipple. So as they point down towards my socks, they're still loved by someone. Good. Good on her. (laughs) Now, how excited are you about today's episode? Oh, this was such an inspiring inspiring, incredible episode, wasn't it? Yeah, we chatted to Ebony. She is the mum of four under four and she is actually blind. So we had a chat with her about, I guess, her perspective of motherhood, uh, which is obviously different to ours, but actually very similar in other ways. I feel like she taught me to look at motherhood in a different way. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, we really hope you enjoy this because I think she's just incredible. Hello, Ebony. Thank you so much for joining us on Beyond the Bump today. Before we get started, are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself, your family and your kind of backstory? Um, Yeah, of course. Just before we start, I want to thank you guys firstly for having me on. And yeah, so my name's Ebony. I'm 28 years old and I'm based in Brisbane. I am blind and I've progressively lost my sight since birth. And I'm a mother of four beautiful children. Um, At the moment, all of my kids are currently under the age of four. So my oldest daughter is three and a half. My son's two and a half. And I just had a set of twin girls who are 14 weeks old. Oh, my gosh. I just That's a picked up my itself. jaw off the floor. <laughs> I'm never complaining again. <laughs> yeah, so look. tell us a little bit about, you know, you progressively losing your sight since birth. Does the kind of condition you have have a name? Like when did you find out this was happening? Yeah, so I believe I was diagnosed when I was two. The funny thing is I actually, my biological father, he passed the gene on, but he didn't know that he was blind or a carrier of the gene. So I have a thing called retinitis pigmentosa. 
so RP for short. And yeah, I always knew that I was legally blind. I had less than 5% vision when I was diagnosed and it's just progressively gotten worse over time. And I guess as my eyesight's progressively gotten worse, I have kind of accumulated more diseases within my eyes. So now I have, you know, cataracts and other things going on. But the main cause of my blindness is RP. So when you were two years old, you had about 5% of your sight. Yeah. So I would say with RP, it's a funny one because it's, I guess the best way to explain it is it's more like tunnel vision. So Mm -hmm. your central vision is generally okay. In my case, my central vision is damaged as well. I'm just obviously really lucky, but my peripheral. (laughs) vision is it's like a tunnel vision so I can't see anything around the outsides of my eyes so so right now can you see anything at all um no not really I can sort of make out where my screen is but that's really about it wow so is it dark so I have night and day perception so I can see like light and I think because when I was younger I could see a little bit better than I can see now so I kind of have an idea of what things look like but like I said my eyesight it's a funny one because it generally decreases with hormone influx so I noticed during my pregnancies especially at the beginning of my pregnancies I would have a huge decrease in sight and it would stay like that as well as like you know when I hit puberty and stuff like that with all the influx of hormones I would lose big chunks of my eyesight. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say if it was the other way, maybe that would explain why you had four <laughs> kids. But, <laughs> but it's still not clear to me. No, I mean, in general, I don't mean just because, you know, you're unable to see. I mean, in general, going no, back for four kids is a lot. <laughs> I, I realise how wild it is just in general. And then you add the disability on top of it and it's like, mm, okay. <laughs> so what's it like for you? Oh my God, I guess if it was when you were two, Yeah. You wouldn't really remember what it was like to be able to see clearly. Yeah, because I think that if I lost my eyesight after having my eyesight, I'd be like absolutely petrified. But I guess if you've grown up having this condition, is it scary? Yeah. So I think because I like, even though I started off with minimal sight, I still had enough sight, I guess, to ride a bike and read a book. That would be the best way to explain it. I I was, I always knew I'd never be able to drive. I always knew that Mm -hmm. by the time I hit like my twenties, I would probably be almost completely blind, but it didn't change the fact that I still went through that grieving process when I did lose huge huge chunks of my eyesight. Like I still went through those grieving processes and there were still that time where I had to go because I went from, like I said, being able to read a book in a certain, you know, good lighting or being able to ride a bike to not being able to read a book and then having to not be able to read my text messages. I would like enlarge them to an inch of their life and have the screen like right (laughs) up to my face to look, but I was still able to read them. Whereas now I can't. So it's like still going through that process. And yeah, I definitely had times where I was petrified and scared of, well, what am I going to do or how am I going to do this? But I guess with anything, when you're faced with those challenges, you do learn to adapt. If you want to, you know, if you want to be happy, mm. if you want to be happy in life, you you have to learn to adapt or you're just going to be miserable, really. Very and true. And is this a condition that could have been or has been passed on to any of your children? So it, there is a chance. My um, medical professionals have been really like, 
really good with all of that because when I go through my process of having my children and stuff like that, they'll send a referral straight away to the hospital for us to go and get like our children's eyes checked. Mm -hmm. So we've done that for our first two and then, you know, the twins are next to be done. So, so far our older two don't have any history of my eyesight condition. Weirdly enough, my partner, he needs glasses because he's got astigmatism and my daughter has got astigmatism, but she doesn't have my eyesight condition. So that's a positive Mm. in terms of like, yeah. So I guess too, with RP, it's a slow burner. So with me, it um, showed up quite early, whereas normally it can show up in your late teens or kind of your late thirties and forties. So I was kind of a rarity, I'd say. And will it get worse or is this the worst? Look, I am presuming because I have less than 1% in my left eye and I have no vision in my right eye. I would say that it will, the worst that I'm presuming it will get is that I have no day night perception. I can see when it's light and I can see when it's dark Mm -hmm. and I can make out certain things. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I could see more in the past. So I kind of just gauge, oh yeah, that kind of looks like a drink bottle. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? But I'm not too certain visually, but yeah, I think it probably could get worse. And I think it would probably be no day-night perception anymore. Have you learnt Braille? I did when I was younger. I had a really love-hate relationship with anything to do with being blind. So I kind of didn't want to attach myself to it, which is obviously as an adult, I can see how much that can hinder me now because it it becomes challenging because I can't now read my children books and stuff like that because I didn't, you know, learn Braille. So I, I did learn it when I was younger, but I didn't, I guess, obtain my skills, if that makes sense. Living in a more technological world now, do you think, I guess, a lot of the accessibility features on Mm. those have taken over the need for Braille a bit? Personally, I do, because I rely on them more because I can't Mm. read Braille. I, don't know a lot about what other people choose to do in the blind community in terms of like, I don't really have many friends in the blind community, but I do Mm -hmm. know a lot of people still like heavily do rely on Braille. And I see the importance of it. Like, I guess for me, in terms of like reading my children a book, it would be cool if I could send that to, you know, Braille Queensland and they could, you know, put Braille on there for me. But I kind of just like, memorize the book or make my own story up so I can even better I mean that's where we're really at creating your own stories listening to podcasts and downloading audio books yeah who needs braille (laughs) exactly now take us back to I guess like when did you and your partner meet what's it like dating when you know, by that stage, you would have had very little vision. Yeah, look, I kind of was a bit of a mastermind in terms of, like I said, I didn't really like to attach myself to my disability for a very long time. It's only been in the last kind of few years where I've sort of been like, well, this is who I am. So I have to embrace it sort of thing. So when I met my partner, we actually um, met at a mutual friend's 30th and I think alcohol was always a really great disguise because like, I'm drunk. I'm not really blind. Like, I just can't. I just... Did you tell him looks didn't matter to you? <laughs> yeah, no, you feel really beautiful. No. Um, <laughs> are, we, are we talking about the face still? Or? You're a sicko. <laughs> Hey, I like to get a full body feel scan over before yeah, I yeah, go imagine. in. Look, don't You're be allowed all. to. You're allowed to. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, he didn't, he knew I couldn't see, but he didn't know how bad it was. I kind of like 
waited to get to know him and then you know we had a bit of a discussion about it <laughs> I was like hey just letting you know I'm getting a guide dog in two weeks and he was like huh and I was like yeah my eyesight's that bad so you have a guide dog now I do yeah her name's Holly oh beautiful and and what did you what did you rely on beforehand or you didn't yeah I didn't I was taught to use like a cane Mm. but like I said because of my own hang-ups I chose not to and I yeah I didn't really have a good relationship with using a cane so I was like "Mm, I would much prefer a guide dog and I really yeah enjoy using her and working with her I guess before I just relied on whoever was around or tried to wing it that's not something I advise but yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say it's quite amazing that you got to the stage of like actually getting to know your partner before you were you know just like as someone on the outer I would think that you would have to explain that so quickly because it would be obvious. I think too, for me, like I really made a conscious choice with like my partner to do things slightly different than I had done before. So with, I guess, previous partners, it was always like, you know, they would, I I don't know, I just decided to do things differently. So I think with him, I did really want to get to know him first and him to get to know me. And then kind of like, I didn't hide the fact that I couldn't see, but we didn't really discuss how much that affected Mm. me. And I think, like I said, over the years, I had learnt to, um, we were always in like, say my home. So when I'm in my home, a lot of the time you can't even tell I can't see because I know my surroundings. So a lot of the time it would be like, you know, I, I was able to play it off pretty well, even though I was like, oh my God, I really can't see. But I remember one time when we first met, you know, we were at his house and it was dark and he put the phone light on and I thought that was so cute because in my head I'm like, babe, that's not helping. Like I still really can't see, but he thought it would help. And I was like, I'll just let you have your moment sort of thing. (laughs) I'll tell you in a couple of weeks not to bother because it's really not making a difference. That I can't see. (laughs) And how do you go with, because I guess so much of communication is through like nonverbal cues when you're getting to know someone and you know, how do you, do you just get better at sensing other things? I think so. I've always heavily relied on my instinct or intuition. So I think that that's been the biggest thing that's kind of helped me just really tuning into, I guess, the feeling and the vibe that I'm getting opposed to the body language that I can't see. So that's kind of been my way forward. I've never really struggled or had any challenges, I guess, in like social settings or in Mm. relationships in in terms of my eyesight. Well, you've got an incredible personality and you're extremely charismatic. So I don't think anything's stopping you. But in terms of motherhood, have you found that there's been any challenges? I mean, I think that's a silly question. How have you found being blind, being a mother? If I'm going to be completely honest, I haven't found that my eyesight's hindered my ability to parent. And I I guess I kind of go back to something I wrote um, recently on social media is that I feel like my inability to see has actually helped my ability to parent because mm. parenting is one of those things that you you go in blindsided. You don't have any idea what kind of child you're going to have, what kind of pregnancy, what kind of labor, nothing. Like you can, I guess, control certain aspects, but not everything. And I think that the things that we acquire during, you know, our parenting and pregnancy and birthing journey are similar things that I had to acquire during, you know, the adversity and loss of my eyesight. And it's that patience, that resilience 
resilience that you yeah. know not being able to control things but still having to choose a different perspective and so I I feel like I have been challenged as a parent but I don't feel like a lot of it has had to do with the fact that I can't see if that makes sense that is so incredible so inspirational yeah and how were your feelings towards it I guess before you became pregnant like you know when you were looking forward at okay we're ready to start a family if that was a conscious choice like were you worried in any way or did you kind of know that 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 was the way you were going to feel yeah so I've always wanted to be a mother like I always wanted to be a mother and I guess like I had you know younger siblings I come from like quite a big family so I've always kind of played I guess more of the mother role if that makes sense so I always wanted to be a mother I never kind of like doubted my ability to be a mum and with me and my partner we didn't really consciously choose to try fell pregnant the first time very easily Unfortunately, with that pregnancy, I I miscarried my first pregnancy, but I would say that the most challenging part was, I guess, other people's opinions and perspectives of Mm. my inability to parent because I couldn't see, you know, I did have an experience with like a medical professional that asked me to terminate because, you know, how was I going to parent or what if I passed on my eye condition to my children? So those things probably affected me more than my, I guess, you know, thinking that I wouldn't be able to parent, if that makes sense. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry to hear that. that's awful. But I, and I think everyone needs to remember that that's coming from the perspective of someone that can see. Like, of course, yeah. if I woke up tomorrow and I couldn't see, I would find tomorrow much more challenging than you were going to find tomorrow because, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you've you made adaptations in your life because that is your reality. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like it's pretty narrow-minded for someone who can see to go, oh, you won't be able to do that. I mean, I wouldn't be able to walk down the street without seeing, but you would do that second nature. A hundred percent. And that's the thing. You learn to adapt to what you're dealt with and yeah. that's just the way that life is. And I guess in those moments I did take it really personally. Of course. I guess I, I felt, yeah, I was like, oh, but... I guess at the same time, you know, over time perspective shows you that, yeah, like I've heard so many people say to me, like, if I lost my eyesight, that would be the worst thing in the world. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I would consider other things as my worst possible scenario, not losing Mm. my eyesight, but that's because that's my normal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about how offensive that could be because that is like someone saying that, yeah, your reality is their worst nightmare when you seem actually remarkably happy in your reality. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty happy. (laughs) How do you feel getting out and about with your kids on your own? So... Well, how do you do it? It's changed drastically, obviously, as I've had more children. So Mm. with my daughter, my first, we got out on our own just fine because I could wear her in, you know, the baby carrier and Holly guided us. So that was fine. When I had my son, so they're 15 months apart. Oh, my goodness gracious. So when I had my son, that was a little bit more difficult because I couldn't baby wear both of them so Mm. a lot of the time I didn't go out on my own with the two of them so I would you know always wear my son and someone would be pushing or carrying my daughter Mm -hmm. but let's be honest (laughs) that would be the same for many people who had their children 15 months apart yeah I didn't I didn't go out of the house with mine (laughs) yeah and that's the thing and that's what I've had to kind of wrap my head around because I've always been very like you know wanting to live up to these extreme high expectations because I don't want people to view 
view me as less than because I can't see. But I had a, you know, a conversation with my um, psychologist a few weeks ago and she's like, you know, Ebony, these these things are challenging not because you're blind, because you're human. And I'm like, mm. oh, yeah, they're right. Mm. I am human. Good point. You know, you forget that when you get lost in your own kind of thoughts and stuff. But then in terms of my twins, look, yeah, we leave the house together. <laughs> All of us leave the house together. So, yeah, I baby wore the twins together. I had like a baby twin carrier that I Mm -hmm. wore, whereas now they're a bit bigger. Me and my partner both wear one each and then he'll push the pram and I'll have Holly. We look like a full-on circus. You know, even (laughs) even if you weren't blind, I would still be asking the question, how do you do it day-to-day with twins and two kids 15 months apart? Yeah, four kids under four. Like let's just start there. Honestly, how do you do that? Tell us your secrets. You're like, I have no choice. (laughs) They're here now. (laughs) Look, I I really enjoy being a mum. That doesn't mean it doesn't get overwhelming at times. But like I said, I think because I have become so used to that thought process, like dealing with, you know, my eyesight loss and then other things that I've experienced in my, you know, in, in my life, it's always been like, okay, if you want to be happy or if you want to be, you know, whatever it is, you you have to choose a different perspective. So I kind of apply that to managing the children as well. Like if if I want my day to, you know, it's not always going to run to plan. And that's a hard thing for me because I, I love structure. I love routine and all of those things. But I just have to kind of be like, well, if I'm going to let this all get on top of me, you know, I kind of have to shift my perspective if that makes sense. So that I kind need of helps to, me get to take a day. few pages out of your book, girlfriend. <laughs> you should listen to this great podcast called Beyond the Bump. <laughs> I'll let you know when it's out, thanks, Jade. Thanks. How, how does it feel not knowing what your children look like or do you feel like you do know what they look like? Look, that was like initially before I ever fell pregnant in, into like my late teens, that was something I was really worried about and something that I got pretty upset about. Mm. But I think, yeah, it doesn't really worry me as much anymore now that they're here. Mm. I think, yeah, I'd love to see what they look like completely. But, you know, I've had little glimpses of what they look like, but I think for the most part I just focus on the time I get to spend with them, not the things that I can't, I guess, you know, control, like not being able to see them, if that makes sense. And do you use like touch and feel for that or is that something that's just displayed in movies that's not really like do you like feel yeah, well, apparently your hearing is better is that right <laughs> oh it's so much better <laughs> I can yeah. hear everything <laughs> yeah but you know how often in movies you know uh, like people who are blind go uh, like this that's yeah, like touch place. touch faces and things. Is that something that you use to Look, get a better feel for how someone looks? I don't go around and just touch. <laughs> no, I don't mean to strangers. <laughs> I mean to your kids. Hey, I'm let not me just tra- touch a face. <laughs> Who am I talking to? Hang on. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, oh yeah, I mean I to your you. kids. You're the one I don't with the big know. Nose. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're the one that's got the matted beard. <laughs> but saying that, how do you tell your twins apart? Um. So luckily, they're fraternal so one my oh okay <laughs> I'm like one's got hair and one hasn't no one's got a vagina and one... is that right one's a girl and one's a boy no so both of them are girls oh. but one of them has a she's got like a raised birthmark under her ear so a big mm. strawberry and then the other one she's 
a lot bigger and she mm-hmm. has a um, hernia. So I'm like, okay, who's got the raised belly button and who's got the raised? Oh, that <laughs> was so very good. kind of them. I know. I know. They're very thoughtful. <laughs> and besides your beautiful guide dog, Holly, who else do you have around to support and help you besides your husband, obviously, but he, I imagine, works? So um, at the moment he is not working because I am kind of moving into like doing my work full time. So that's always been our plan. And what do you do? Sorry. I am an intuitive reader. So I've been running my business from home for about 10 years now. So I do readings. Is that like psychic? Well, I guess similar. Yes. But like I said, because I have no vision, it's purely in intuitive based so it's not based on like body language or facial structure it's based on I guess information and messages that I get through intuitively yeah amazing oh give me a go you'd be like no 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 do you want to broadcast it or yeah go can we do a little two minute session come on Jade let's go yeah so I like I said I ran my business um before I had the kids but then when I had them I kind of like was in between work and then obviously looking after the kids and my partner went to work. Got a bit on. <laughs> but since um, we've had the twins, he's been off work and kind of our plan is to just me focus on my business and him stay home. So hopefully we can continue to make that work. But in terms of help, yeah, it's it's basically just me and him. I do have my sister living with us. So she works full time, but she will kind of like, you know, if we want to go out or something, she might mind the kids or something. But a lot of the time it's just me and my partner. His sister lives close by, but she'll do the same. But we just kind of do our own thing. I do have a support worker and she's amazing. So she'll come and help out where I need. But yeah, a lot of the time, the bulk of it's just me and my partner. And how do you do the cooking? Um, Surprisingly, I really love cooking. So I can't really explain how I do it, but I would say most of it is by feel and just kind of like going with with my instincts. So I don't really measure a lot in terms of like, yeah, measurements and stuff because it's too hard for me to like see the measurements and I don't use any sort of like thing to help me with that. So I kind of just wing it. (laughs) And, you know, obviously you've been in, have you been in your place for a while? So you sort of know the, you know, getting from, I guess, if you've got a hot boiling saucepan with pasta in it going to the sink. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we've been here for, you know, over a year now. So I kind of know my layout fairly well. Yeah. I guess the most challenging part for me is I rely on things to be where I've put them. I was going to yeah. say, if oh, Anna unstacks in. the dishwasher and no. puts things in the most random places, yeah. and like, that clearly does not go there. <laughs> so that's the thing that I probably find the most challenging. If something's been slightly moved, I'm like, what the hell's going on? And it might be an inch over, but it's not where I put There's it. There's a so blow up, isn't there? Out. There's yeah, a massive no, argument. There, there is. It's like, why did you? <laughs> but it's the like, grater should be two centimetres that way, not that no, way. No, literally. Why did you? Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> that's 100% right. But, yeah, in terms of cooking, like, yeah, I had my challenges at the beginning as I was kind of learning to cook and navigate the kitchen. There's certain things that help me in terms of, like, having, like, tactile things on the, like, the stovetop and stuff like that yeah and I guess I just use my my other senses but everything I cook is edible so that's good (laughs) (laughs) well that is a plus so good (laughs) do you feel like you've got a heightened taste um or is it more hearing I think for me hearing's a big one 
yeah, hearing's probably a big one. And like I said, just really honing into like my instincts and stuff like that. That's probably the biggest thing I use. And is there anything that you feel that can be done that could make motherhood or life in general for you more accessible for mothers or people who are blind or vision impaired? That's a good question. I think Look, the first thing that comes to mind is like, I think things like me and my partner, we find like, say, taking the kids to the park, you know, where the parks aren't gated, that becomes a bit of a challenge Mm. for us because he's trying to run after two toddlers. Mm. It would make it a whole lot easier if that was gated because he has to sit me down, you know, sort the pram out and then run after the kids. So things like that would be, I would say, more ideal for people that can't see, you know, definitely when you're walking. I think they'd be more ideal for any parent on this planet, to be honest. I don't know why (laughs) parks don't have Why aren't they gated? (laughs) It's like you want to sit down. I get to the park and I sit down and I'm like, ah, you know, go play. It's like, no, you can't because you're going to run onto the road. It's like it needs a fence. Yeah, no, 100%. So, yeah, in general, but I would say, yeah, in our case, we're like, oh. And then I think other things are kind of just like, more general things like going out and walking and they they do do this through guide dogs but like you know when there's overhanging trees or branches on the footpath and stuff those things get quite challenging because obviously I can't gauge what's above me and unfortunately my guide dog you know can't either so you know overhanging branches and stuff Mm. like that get get a bit challenging just kind of things like that I would say. And so with Holly your guide dog she leads you in the directions that she feels are safe but then does she also have like different barks to indicate different things or how how does that work yeah so she actually doesn't bark mm-hmm. um she what a plus. Let, no literally <laughs> I think I've only heard her bark twice since I've had her so yeah no she doesn't she's not a barker but I think the way that it works is that when you're placed with your guide dog um you are given like I guess routes that you go on in terms of like your walking routes and and stuff like that so she will know where to go based on where you've shown her to go if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Um, and you'll know where to go based on like what you did with your instructor a lot of the time nowadays though it's more or less Holly will follow my partner Mm -hmm. and yeah she kind of stops at the curves Um, she won't tell me when to cross the road with that that's something that we have to use our own senses for which people are probably like "Mm, that's a bit dangerous but you kind of learn to kind of you got to use your ears and like um, they teach you to kind of use your spatial awareness and stuff like that. And yeah, Holly, yeah, we'll stop at curbs and kind of move around obstacles. But yeah, that's kind of basically how she'll guide me. That worries me with electric cars because I feel like I get stumped by them because you can't yeah, hear them. Stop. And then I'm like, yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah, well, I've never thankfully had to experience that so I'll let you know when I do no please don't I don't want I don't want you to experience that at all I mean surely if you see someone on the side of the road with a guide dog you'd also have a perception to be like oh I'm going to be extra careful don't you think so you'd hope so I think the challenging thing too is you know even now I get it which I think is absolutely bizarre but a lot of people don't think that I'm actually blind, which I'm like, okay. People have asked me, is she like in training? Are you her instructor? I'm like, oh, no, she's my guide dog. She's fully trained. So I get that all the time. This is not meaning any disrespect, but do you think it's because in movies and stuff, people who are blind often have their eyes closed and your oh, eyes they're wearing are glasses. open? Yeah, I'd say like, I think it has to do with a lot of things. I think to what I've noticed is I, I get, you know, 
the same thing all the time. Like, how can you be blind when, you know, you dress well, or how can you be blind when you got makeup on or your hair's so done ridiculous. or you're pretty? And it's like, I think the, the general kind of population, that's not everybody, but a lot of people have this perception when you think of somebody with a disability or somebody blind, you think that they're going to meet this, this certain like criteria in your head and I generally don't match that so I'm like I get a bit perplexed at at the beginning I was like yeah cool I don't look blind and now I'm like I wish people would just acknowledge I can't see because I really can't yeah Yeah, like it's almost like you're fighting people to say like I I genuinely cannot see no because that's not actually actually to leave the shops with my guide dog no you have not no I have and I've like I remember we were walking and I think yeah, I had both the kids at the time, the older two. So I was wearing the baby and my partner was pushing the pram and I was following him with Holly. And yeah, the security guard came up to me and said, you know, you're not allowed dogs in here. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. She's my guide dog. And he's like, well, can you show us? Like, why didn't she have a vest? So I'm like, well, she's not in training. He asked me to get my card out. Wow. And I get that all the time. Like, you're not allowed dogs in here. Yeah, I know. So do you have to show something to prove that you are? Yeah, so I've got a like a guide dog handler card that I yeah. show. And then do you just give them the bird as you walk in? Like, <laughs> fuck you. No, Holly does. <laughs> yeah, no. Holly's like, I'm really good at She that. just pisses on their leg. <laughs> good girl. <laughs> no, the good thing, though, is she goes to the toilet on command so I can just give her a command and she'll do it. Oh, yes. Imagine just doing that. that leg up, Holly, just give it to her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for chatting to us. Yeah, a really incredible perspective and I feel like everyone can learn something from that. I think that your, yeah, your like overview of motherhood that it's so much more than, you know, being able to see your children is so true. So thank you so much. No, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate your guys' time. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Ebony. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.